Well, hello, everyone. This is the Sassy Southern Yankee. My name is Debbie Happy Cohen, and I am the founder of Joy Based Living. Born in New York, raised in Miami, spent a bunch of years in Tampa, then moved to Alabama. That's how it happened. And uh, Joy Based Living is a dream come true of a group of us who just really love personal development, growth mindset, and we've been engaged in a meaningful conversation now for almost four years, which is very exciting. Um, we are on episode 46, and this is season two, and season two is clean language. Season two started after the corona started. Thank you, corona, very much. And I invited my dear friend who I've known for 20 years, Michelle Stone, um, who is an artist and an art teacher and an art curator. Um, and we've both worked with children for a long time in different ways, even though I've been a life and business coach before that, I had a master's degree in counseling, marriage and family. And we wanted to use this podcast as a time to bring some um, positive messages forward for parents and kids we knew they'd be at home together and that would be really new for the amount of time they'd be spending together and so i stopped cussing for the podcast um and so we are calling ourselves lioness if you want to find any of these episodes you can go to joybaseliving.com and click on the menu item called Lioness or go to the search bar at the bottom of the website and either type in Lioness or type in episode 46. And the reason we like to offer that right up front is because um, we are artists, both of us, and we both love um, sharing all kinds of information and we post each one of these podcasts into a blog. So it's a little bit of work for us. Um, but we're having a blast. We love your comments. We love your feedback. Um, please keep liking and commenting and sharing. Your comments are our favorite, favorite, favorite. Um, so please keep them coming. This podcast is available and people are listening to it at like YouTube, at iTunes and, and Stitcher and um, all the popular platforms. Um, so that's another reason I like to share where you can find us at Joy Based Living. Also, um, if you hear me typing in the background, it's because I'm working on the blog for the podcast episode during the episode, because we found that, um, that's much easier for us as we go to do it. And then we can finish it that night and just post it immediately. So without further ado, today's topic is about gratitude and the, the funny phrase that pays for today is, do you need a gratitude adjustment? <laughs> Um, so that can conjure all kinds of images in, in one's mind, anywhere from a chiropractic adjustment to someone who's just got a bad attitude, who needs an attitude adjustment. And um, Michelle did a really beautiful painting a few years ago with a dragonfly that we used as our feature image for, the, for this episode. And it's, um, life does not get better by chance, it gets better by change. And it's a, and I know the dragonfly is like a symbol for uh, change and transformation. The quote is by Jim Rohn. And um, we both, we've, gratitude is one of Michelle's favorite, favorite words. It's one of my favorite, favorite feelings. And um, 
she had a conversation earlier today that that um kind of lit this topic for us and so michelle why don't you share your experience then we'll go from there thank you debbie um yeah it's when it's it's so funny like whenever we have our our pre-call or pre-podcast calls we kind of bounce ideas off of one another and then sometimes throughout the day if if you know like debbie runs across something she'll shoot it to me or I'll come up with something and shoot it to her. And so earlier today, she was like, what do you think about, do you need a gratitude adjustment? And I literally just had a conversation with one of my coworkers at the cultural center that I work here at, at here in Tampa. And, um, and we were talking about how they have experienced, you know, their, their neighbors or their friends or whatever. And, and there are, there's a group of, of people within this person's, um, let's just, just, you know, within this person's group, there's a, an amount of people. How about that? Within this person's like, you know, friend, friend base. Mm-hmm. And they, these people were literally saying that they're, that, you know, they're, um, that, that they don't have anything to do, that they're kind of like, you know, what do I do? I've got, a, you know, I'm sitting here and, and I'm in my house and I'm, you know, in quarantine and, and, um, and, and, you know, and everybody is at a different place. So I'm not trying to like beat anybody up, but it's, I thought about it. And when Debbie sent me the, um, the, the quote about, do you need a gratitude adjustment? This just kind of fit right in it because my mind went to, but there are people out there, because if you think about it from the perspective of, most of us who are listening and who are out there, we all have, you know, a job. And so that job could, could be working anywhere from 20 to 40 hours a week. And so as you're working, you know, some people like to write down things or like to think about the things that they could do while they're not working. And so, you know, you could call that your to-do list. You could call that your bucket list. You could call that whatever the case is. And, and so my friend was talking about, he was like, okay, so, you know, there's these people and a lot of these people that have mentioned this have to-do lists. They have bucket lists. They have things that they could, you know, they could be repairing their house. They could be, um, you know, going out for a walk or they could be spending more time with their children or they could be maybe training their dog. Um, but they're kind of sitting in their homes you know, in just in quarantine, binge watching movies and that kind of thing. And so um, one of the things that Debbie and I have spent a lot of time with, with our gratitude practice, or whether it's me like using the word or Debbie feeling it, is finding things to be grateful for. And when when you practice gratitude, when you use the the idea of finding things to be grateful for as a, as a daily practice, then that really kind of changes your perspective. If you're in, instead of living in a moment of, okay, well, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, or like, I have to go to work. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to, and you know, and a lot of things, the way that we think literally comes out of our mouths in ways that we say stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's, um, you know, when people say like, I have to do something, 
it feels more like it's a job, like it's it's work to do something. When you know, in essence, if you really think about it, you have the money that uh, that you're working for, and so because you have that money, then you can go. Then you're you're capable of going to the grocery store. You've got your physical health, and and so if um, if there's an opportunity to be grateful for, like grateful for our breath, or grateful for our healthy body or grateful for um, the fact that the grocery stores are open for us to get there. Grateful that we have a job that we can go to that provides us money where we could buy a car and we could pay the car insurance and we could put the gas in. And then, you know, and, and just like, just think about the different things that we're grateful for. Um, a couple of podcasts ago, maybe like, I don't know, eight or 10 podcasts ago, I talked about how every morning, I start off with my breakfast with a prayer and it's a prayer that it's like an intent based prayer for my day. And it's, it's with gratitude. I'm grateful for everything that I have. And, um, but it, it, it starts my day off that way, just being grateful for having another day and having the people in my life and those kind of things. So, so yeah. So when, when Debbie mentioned it about the gratitude adjustment, I just thought about like these people who, you're like, well, what do I do? Well, maybe be grateful for what you have, and then maybe things will start to flow. Well, I love you put it actually into a question that I thought was so good that I, I you know, we wrote it down, and it was if you said if you don't have the practice of gratitude, is it possible you're stuck? Yes. And and I really liked how you said that, like. I, I actually, it gave me, like, I had to do a little bit of a, a, a double take and, you know, look at it again and go, if you don't have the practice of gratitude, is it possible is it... you're stuck? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that was, I, I didn't, I didn't say it this time that way, but when we were talking pre-conversation or pre, yeah. pre-podcast, it's that that was the thought, like everything that I just said now was the thought behind that. Yeah. If, if you don't have the practice of gratitude, is it possible you're stuck? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it, I try not to look at the, at the world in black and white. Cause you know, I am an artist and I see everything in color, mm-hmm. but there's, it's when it comes to gratitude and the human, the, the human race, I kind of believe that there's people who are grateful for stuff and people who aren't. Hmm. So I, I can, I can see the world that way. I, cause I know what you mean because like today um, I, I saw somebody who, um, who was a cashier and <laughs> um, she was, she had such a positive attitude about her. Yay. And I said to her, I think that there are going to be really good things that come out of this phase that humanity's going through right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she lit up and she's like, I do too. <gasps> and, and I said, I feel weird saying it because it feels like something you're not supposed to like celebrate. She's like me too, but I know exactly what you mean. I feel <laughs> the same exact way. And, and so, you know, I think about Brene Brown, because I, I, because there is that black and white in terms of what I can observe, 
But then right. I, I thought about something Brene Brown, one of our favorite people to learn with and from is Dr. Brene Brown, who has a couple of very, very popular TED Talks. I think it's probably hit like 50 million views by now at least. And she talks about shame and vulnerability and she talks about gratitude and creativity and innovation and change and, and um, she talks about courage. And she says about gratitude that gratitude is actually a practice. Mm-hmm. And, and one, of the, one of the contrasting places where she offered the example that really, I, I had to write it down, and you know me and my index cards, I had to put it on a little index card and stick it somewhere that I would see it like on a regular basis and it wouldn't be get, get caught up in all the rest of my index card pile. <laughs> right, right, um, right. You know, like maybe next to my bed or whatever. And it, it was so where she says, you know, we're so uncomfortable with the feeling of real joy in, mm-hmm. in ourselves that, you know, she gave the example of you look at your baby and you go, Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. And then your next thought is what if they get hurt? Right. What if they got like, like you go straight from joy to fear, like boom. And, and so what, what I love about her work is she always offers an out. Like she'll offer like something like that. Like your mind goes, well, what do you do with that? And for her, the, and so she calls, she calls that experience. If you wanted to Google it or whatever, um, joy foreboding, Right. Joy foreboding. And, and that was such a freeing phrase for me because I do experience a lot of joy. And so my fear didn't make sense to me. And when she said it like that, it was like, oh, my God, I'm normal. Um, because like she was going on her first interview with Oprah and she was getting on the plane and she was talking about how as soon as she got on, she was like, oh, my God, it's going to crash. It's going to crash. So she calls her husband and her husband goes joy foreboding (laughs) right Right, he was like oh no not this again (laughs) right well you know but you know that's why it helps so much that's why I longed for so long to have a community who would study with me Mm -hmm. because when we grow together then when I'm in one of those moments of "Ah," I call up somebody from my small community and I go "Ah," and they go oh blah 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 and I go oh yeah that's right (laughs) regulation because we all want to feel good we all want joy so she said she's sitting in the plane and she gets off the phone with him and she actually starts counting naming the things that she's grateful for and and what shifted for me in that moment was it's not just a feeling it's a practice and you don't have to feel it in order to practice it Right. And, and that freed me somehow. Like, I, goodness, I don't know that I could put words to it right now, but it was like, there's something that happens in the, in the world of spirituality, I think, where these ideals of what you think you're supposed to be feeling become like invisible milestones that you think you're supposed to reach. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not that high up in the clouds. Sometimes it's just being really on the ground. We have the ground, we have the clouds, we have the air. 
sometimes it's just being on the ground, smelling the air, walking forward and going. And I'm grateful for that flower. And I'm grateful for that bamboo tree, even though that bamboo grove is starting to take over my yard. And I'm grateful for that little blackbird outside of my window. Like I'm just, just naming it. I'm grateful for my health. I'm, like you were going on like, and once you start, it's easy to keep going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's what I find. And, and it's, it's like, how do you go from joy to fear and then come back and get yourself back into your own body and, and ground yourself again. And, and that practice is just, it's, it's priceless. It's, it's priceless because then you're in front of the baby and you go, oh my gosh, and I'm grateful for every one of their toes. And I'm great. I mean, when we do like embodiment meditation at Joy-Based Living, which you can find, by the way, at the search bar, there's a lot of free ones, not a lot, but some, um, you can just go embodiment meditation. And I've posted a few of the ones that I've done live. Um, and the, one of the most important parts of the practice is notice the breath that's moving in and out of your body right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. and it's just it gets that basic and and i think when we live in a society that's really like consumer based and and achievement oriented we forget how precious just the very breath that we're breathing right now is and you know, do you need a gratitude adjustment? There is the black and white, but then there's the gray. And mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. the gray, the color is the choice. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the choice. And, and I, I think at this time of this corona period, I think we're going through massive, um, uh, like, opposites within so many moments of the day um mm -hmm. fear and gratitude um exhaustion and hope um yeah. you, you know not knowing and a sense of clarity about here's what i'm going to do next um, right and then and i think what you're talking about is people who are numbing out because they don't have a practice you know, at Joy-Based Living, we have these 12 practices that we've been doing now for almost four years. And I have to say, I hate saying this, but I love saying it. It's the most boring part of Joy-Based Living, but we all love it. It's so boring. It's like lift one, lift two, lift three, put one foot in front of the other. Did you do your gratitude? Did you, did you feed the cow? Did you honor yourself with uh, your container of worthiness? That's the acronym for now for Cal, you know, did you, uh, did you ask yourself the question? What would I love to have happen? Did you like, these are like daily things. These are like daily come home to yourself practices. And because I think it's because they're invisible, invisible, and you don't get to show people like six pack abs when you're done. Right. Right. You know, and you don't get to look in the mirror and notice that there's more of a twinkle in your eye because the change happens gradually. I think that's what's made it hard to harder to sell. But for those of us who love it and who have been doing it for a long time, we are now at an advantage of being able to help other people because we're more centered and grounded 
because we've been lifting those weights for so long and we're more centered, grounded and balanced during this time when a lot of other people aren't. We're not lost. We're not numbed out. And, And I think that's really exciting yeah, absolutely. It, when when you were talking about, it's like the daily practice, the, the image that came to my mind is like, it's the, the meat and the potatoes. You know, it's um, when, when we first started these practices, we spent a lot of time being heady, like, you know, making decisions based upon our thoughts and that kind of thing. And then when, when we really first at the very very beginning we all learned how to be more present almost like you know when you're in yoga mm-hmm. um if you're doing like a yoga or a pilates you know and you're being still in meditation you tune into more of what's going on in your body mm-hmm. and so you you feel your lungs expand and your stomach go out and then your lungs contract and your stomach you know all of that stuff you feel like the little twitches in your legs or Maybe your shoulders a little tense or all of that kind of, you know, all all of these little sensations in your body that if you're going through about your day, you're just going to kind of scratch it and move on. Or you're just going to, you know, shift in your seat and go on. But these are all little messages that happen within your body. Mm -hmm. And as we tuned into more and more of those, they became staples. They became like our food. Yeah, I think I think it's a great metaphor Mm -hmm. with like yoga. Yeah, yeah, because at first it's like really awkward and it's a thought process, like driving. Right. Like every single move has meaning yeah. and, and focus and concentration. And you're like, what's this? And I remember people asking me, like, what, what does joy-based living even mean? Like, right. like, what is that? And then, and people, and people will go, um, oh, oh, that was one of them. That was funny to me. Oh, oh Yeah what, what is your, cause I would say you're here to express your radiance. And they're like, what is your radiance? <laughs> and I'm like, you'll see. And wait till you find out. <laughs> and now we can't shut them up. Like it's, right. and now they're cracking us up. Like now they're like some of the funniest people in our group. And I'm like, Holy cow, we just created a monster, you know, but I, I actually kept one of those it was, it was a, an email and it was about, I don't know, five or six or seven paragraphs. It was a long email considering mm-hmm. email size, normal sizes. And it was all like, you know, I'm going to take this joy-based living thing because I am really curious, but I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, you know, but it's like, I think when yoga first came here, when meditation first came to the West, like, what is that? Because it's the internal experience. And then the payoff is you end up, you end up having more of a compass that you can actually feel inside yourself. Right. And you know what that means now, which is why you say, right. And a listener is probably like, what's the person talking about? Or, or mm-hmm. maybe you do like, if you know what we're talking about, please like say so. Um, but I love meeting people who get it. I love like that, like the cashier today going, yes. And I want to like, I I had, um, so there's somebody I work with who's in commission sales and she works really hard. And one of the things that's difficult is when you're in commission sales is, is you just, when you're not sure how a deal's going to go, 
it is a spiritual practice <laughs> to say, I am going to let this go. I'm going to let this be, I'm just going to visualize them really happy with whatever choice they make and make the choice to see them happy, my happiness. But when you have a lot of money in front of you, that is a possibility and you want to see it go through and you want to see it thrive and you want to see it be born. You want to see it grow and you don't know if it's going to, that's, that that's tough. And so one of the practices that I like to bring to the table that you were asking me about earlier, I said I would say it on the show so I didn't have to say it twice and bore you, um, is love plus hootlessness equals joy in flight. That the practice of hootlessness is the practice of I don't give a darn. Okay. The practice of hootlessness is either way it goes, it's going to be fine with me because you know why? People are freaking dying right now. Yep. And I have a family who loves me and I have this beautiful day ahead of me and I'm not going to waste the rest of the day on pins and needles because somebody might, you know, go with a sale or not go with a sale. But hootlessness by itself can be mistaken for apathy. I don't give a crap. I don't give a darn. Everybody can just do whatever they want and they can go jump in the lake. It's very edgy New York Yankee attitude Um, (laughs) where when you have love flowing through you and it is set free and then you add to that hootlessness, hootlessness is I'm going to let the love flow. And it's up to the love where it wants to go. I'm not in charge of the results. I'm, I'm going to put everything I can into this. And my, my intention is going to be wholly good. Like, like totally, like from its essence, my intention is going to be fully wholesome and good that I want to see happiness for everyone. And, and if something is, if a sale is not going to go through because of whatever reason, can I be hootless enough to enjoy the rest of my day? Because that is my liberation because this is my day. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things in the sanctuary book, which um, it's at joy-based living and it's free. So you can just like sign up for the joy-based living newsletter and get the sanctuary book. It's got four mantras for thriving. It's, it's called four mantras for thriving after uh, emotional trauma. I think we've all had emotional trauma now. Hello. Hello. Um, yes. <laughs> and so um, you don't have to like have been in like a severely abusive relationship. You can just check it out. But these mantras, I'll tell you what they are right now, because one of the things that really helps, because on one hand, yes, it's very spiritual practice. But on the other hand, sometimes you can just do something that you might do for like little kids, like when you want to feed them broccoli and you're like airplane. Um, <laughs> so, so the mantras are number in the sanctuary book are um, number one is thank you, which is gratitude, right? Yep. Number two is tell me more, which mm. is a kind way of n- not listening to people who are whining, complaining and being abusive of your time and attention and energy. But time, tell me more is looking to your body and saying, oh my gosh, really, there's tension in my shoulder and being with the experience and saying, tell me more. And it's very counterintuitive, but it's one of the most 
healing things I have ever experienced in my life. I've had more relaxation and more like miracle healings, like in people around me when I've done that. They're like, oh my God, I was going to have to go to a chiropractor and a doctor. And all of a sudden they're just like, oh. And so it was, tell me more. Well, it's, it's number three. It's mantra number three is um, shiny object. <laughs> <laughs> and so like for this person who is, um, who I was talking about, like who's in sales, um, she, and she's doing well, but she, like, so one of her, one of the things I love about her most is that like, she is very willing and open to, um, oh, look, there's a flower on the side of the road. Oh, look at that. Oh, look, like, like if you let yourself be um, amused and entertained by the shiny objects in your life. And, and for me, I mean, if any of you have seen my YouTube videos, um, in many of them, what's right behind me is the Joy-Based Living Building Block Village. And there is all kinds of toys and doohickeys and shiny things and everyone, and I'm still making more. I don't even know where they're all going to fit. Um, and they just make me so happy. So whatever shiny object is for you that gets your attention in a distracted way, but that's not addictive. Like, you know, I'm not suggesting cocaine, shiny object. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, 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 like, not that. It's, it's like oh you know whatever it is for you oh look at what that the cloud looks like a bear um you know it could be something just anything and I'm curious I am curious like what shiny object what what other people perceive and experience as shiny objects um because what it does is it just gets your brain kind of reset for the moment it's not a permanent mm -hmm. reset but it's like I mean, I'm sure you have a, you have a teenage son. I'm sure you know the benefit of shiny object. Yes. Yes, I do. Before you tell an example, because I do want you to tell an example. I just want to share the fourth mantra so people aren't just like, oh, she's making me wait. Um, the fourth mantra is I choose worthiness. So it's thank you. Tell me more. Shiny object. And I choose worthiness. And so I actually have had that in front of me on a little orange card since last summer mm. and I it still feeds me it like having that list in front of me still um it's like right under my computer like it's right there and um so it's still a practice that I don't I'm not like oh, you better memorize these and do it it's more like oh yeah that's right oh yeah that's right oh, like it's it's a it's a constant repetition of something that's healthy for me mentally and emotionally yeah. So tell us the shiny object story, Michelle. I have one from tonight. <gasps> as soon as you said it, I was like, okay, I got you. Okay. Um, so I'm sitting there with my son. He's doing his French homework. And he also plays soccer. And so I'm, I'm all right with, I'm one of those moms that there's always a soccer ball throughout the house. It doesn't have a bin. It's because, you know, whenever you have a moment, you can kind of dribble it forward or as we're having a conversation he can pass it to me I can pass it back to him that kind of thing mm. and so um he was at his computer and I was at the chair across from where he was and he had the the soccer ball between his his feet and so he passed it over to me and I picked it up and I was holding on to it kind of bouncing it back and forth in my hands and um and he's like uh, throw it to me so I said okay fine so I throw it to him 
and and he throws it back and then he's like all right send me a header and so I'm like no I'm not going to send you a header in the house and he's like no mom come on I'll just I'll shoot it straight back at you so okay fine so we did I threw him a couple of headers and then you are such a cool mom I'm sorry you are such a okay there's soccer balls in the house okay that is like red flag number one like of like um, things mothers don't do uh, like and then you go on and on and so now you're like, so, so go ahead keep keep well well I'll, I'll tell you I'll, tell, I'll, I'll make the story even more interesting so yes I am gonna go off on a tangent so um to make it even more interesting to my left is a wire sculpture of a person that is like three quarters of the way done that I just need to finish. And it always has been sitting there waiting for me to finish it. (laughs) And it's, it's something that, that I'm doing with this grief organization because it's kind of like the, I'll just finish this part of the story and then I'll come back to the soccer ball. Um, With, with kids in, you know, my, it's a prototype for my, our, our friends in Africa. Okay. In Africa, there's not a lot of, there's, there's a lot of like trauma and mental health, not mental health issues, but you know, like lots of people who are struggling with, with um, grief and depression and that type of thing. And, and they have very few, I think it's like, one mental health therapist, one psychologist or, or psychiatrist to every 100,000 people. Like the ratio is, is just incredibly out, just wrong. Um, and so I came up with this idea of making a wire person. Kind of, actually, I was, I was inspired by one of our friends in JBL who likes, loves the concept of the grandmother's bench. Where you go and you kind of sit next to the person, you kind of talk to the grandmother, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so if they didn't have anyone to talk to, at least they could go and sit next to someone. Because, you know, like sometimes you go and you're out in nature or whatever, and you just like, you go sit at the base of a tree and you just start talking to the tree. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same kind of concept, except it's a wire person. So so I'm sitting next to, back at my house, I'm sitting next to the wire person as I'm throwing the soccer ball at my son's forehead mm-hmm. so he can head it back to me. And that was kind of the life and the life as an artist mom and a soccer boy. Oh my gosh. So anyway, so I was like, all right, listen, I got to get, and he's like, okay, fine. Cause I had to, you know, come meet you. And so he's like, all right, fine. I'll go back to, you know, my French studies. So that was, that was tonight's conversation. <laughs> So, so it was, and so how, so you just had like this moment of like connection and joy with your son in the middle of like a day. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know, he's over there studying, doing his French, whatever. And I came over and, you know, just picked up the ball and started doing a couple of headers. So shiny object. That is so cool. And then I'm like, all right, I gotta go, you know, just kind of checking in real quick. And then then what was, what was your day like as a result of having had that interaction? Oh yeah, it it brings us closer. We're having like these these little moments because you know I'm, um, I'm I'm kind of all over the place. Usually I'm out of the house and he's out of the house, and you know, and then we come together at the end of the day, yep. and and we have that quality time. Now that we're he and I are both in the house, 
it's like we steal little moments away. We have lunch every day together mm. and we kind of have some laughs and all of that. And, and, you know, I go in and I check in on him and he pops his head in my studio. And, you know, so it, it it's it's more meaningful. It's giving us an opportunity to to spend some quality time together. So, so we, you and I did a podcast. Uh, it was actually episode 29 where we talked about like cleaning up inner thoughts for the sake of inner peace. And we, we put your fiber art from the exhibit fiber art from the exhibit that you curated um, into that. And what, and we talked about how like relationships have like fibers between them and those fibers can be weak or strong. And, mm-hmm. and they can have lots of fiber between them or they can have very little and the material can be strong or it can be weak. And what what I was seeing between you and your son as you were having that moment and then going about the rest of your day is the strengthening of more and richer fibers between you. Yes. Like that to me is like one of the joys, one of the greatest opportunities of this phase in our, in our world history right now is, is for parents and kids to be together in that way. And it's, and when you were saying, you know, we're stealing moments, I'm like, I hate that phrase in that context. Mm, right. I never heard that phrase in that context, like in this way, but when you said it, it was like rubbing a cat the wrong way. I'm like, you're not stealing moments. You're creating a new normal, which should have been normal from before. Oh yeah. 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 Like I okay. feel so strongly about that. And cause I think that not having that is what's caused the coronavirus to actually get as big as it did. Why wasn't that taken care of from the first few days? Right. You know, and why have we let people sit in poverty for so long? that they would have to eat a bat or whatever. Right. You know, and so when I think about like, um, you know, Marion Williamson's political campaign and um, forget even that it, her, that it was politics, she was bringing up intelligent ideas. And right. she was like, we need to eradicate poverty. Well, this is the eradication of poverty because when people feel full, then they do more good things for the community because they're not they're not walking around on empty and in fear. Right, right, right. You see, so to me, it's, it, there's a very direct effect on community and globe when we had, because otherwise, when you were separate all the time, I, I know from things that you said to me, you're like, I need more time with my son. I feel guilty. I need more time with my son. I'm not, and now mm. you're like, oh, I'm having shiny. So I'm call, I, I call them um, sparkly moments, creating sparkly moments and memories. Oh. All right. I'll take that. Right. I thought you'd like that. And, and, um, and I, the phrase that this phrase kept coming to me all day today. So I'm going to include it here as, as like a kind of like a, like a closing piece. Cause I feel like we're coming to a close and, yeah, yeah. and, and it's level up, level up. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so let's put that with the original question. Do you need a gratitude adjustment? Level up. Yep. And, and, what you did in that moment with the soccer ball was level up. You leveled yeah. up the experience and you leveled up from a place of fullness, not from a place of emptiness. And I think where we were as a culture before was we were just trying to get our footing constantly. Teachers were trying to get their footing. Parents were trying to get their footing. Nobody was able to get their footing. 
Right. And I think that togetherness with people that you're naturally supposed to be together with eliminates the need to try to get the footing because the fullness is there. And then you go, okay, now what? Now you can be creative. Now you can learn. Now you're not running on empty. Right. And think about what that does for mental health. I mean, I wonder how many people have gotten to like reduce their psychiatric medication because they're having that because they have time to be with themselves. And I know on the other hand, there's a flip side of it. There are some people who've been having to increase it because of the anxiety of having to be with themselves. Because when you're with yourself and you're not used to it, the first thing that's going to come up is the, like if you watch the movie inside out, like with the, with the little parts of the brain that are clamoring for your attention. If you'll give them your attention, they'll settle down. Right. And so, and, and I also know that that takes a huge amount of courage and a huge amount of desire to go, you know what? I think I want to level up. You know what? I think I want joy for myself. You know what? I don't want to settle. I want to feel really good. And right. that, that feeling of goodness comes from contribution. And what you did with your son was contribution. It was like, I'm going to add something to the pie. Aww. I know. <laughs> it's those little things that make my heart sing. And and I don't think it's any different between whether you're dealing with a client, you're dealing with a child, you're dealing with a boss, you're dealing, whoever you're dealing with. It doesn't matter. We all want shiny, sparkly moments. Yeah, we do. I don't know anybody who doesn't. Uh, well, I do. And usually there are people who are, they're the dark clouds who just, they're the dementors of the society who just want to <laughs> suck the joy out of a room. Um, but But like, I think we've deliberately made a point to have people in our lives that we turn to on a regular basis for um for converse meaningful conversation and that is probably the biggest thing that i'm grateful for today yeah yeah and to me that is joy-based living because i thought about it for a long time and i was like Nothing really matters if you don't have people that you love to share it with. That's so true. Nothing, nothing. You can, you have all the money in the world. You don't have people to share it with. Where's the joy going to go? Who are you going to share your fish with? Yeah. Yeah. It's like if the tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, does it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's so theoretical on a very personal joy level. Mm -hmm. When joy doesn't have a place to be shared, it's very loneliness is louder yes that's so true right yeah, yeah, yeah. and when yeah. joy has a place to be shared people to share it with it's multiplied right and when sadness is shared in honest authentic ways it's reduced right and, yes and so like having a joy-based community is like i wish that for everyone and i'm not trying to sell people on any of our stuff or books i don't mean it that way i mean the actual idea of joy-based living itself is is probably to me it's it's the most beautiful thing you can commit to inside of yourself because everything else will grow from that yeah isn't that cool that is so cool i know absolutely I'm (laughs) i'm so proud of us i'm so 
I'm just so proud of us. So, uh, you know, I hope that wasn't too like inner circle conversation. It wasn't meant to be. I hope that that this conversation like gives you listeners like a sense of, oh, oh, maybe I can think about that. Maybe how can I apply that for my own life? What might that look like? What resources do I have that I can apply that right now? Because with everybody focused and being at home now, there's more opportunity. Like, I feel less worried anymore that, you know, what time should I contact that person? They're probably busy right now. There's like right. less of that than there's ever been. Right, right. And there's more, oh my gosh, thanks for calling mm-hmm. than ever before. There's less, I'm in a rush, I'll call you later. Oh, come on. You don't know how long I've been waiting for people to just slow down enough to say a good Southern, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want it to have to happen in this way. Right. But I have been longing for this, for humanity, for joy, for humanity, for a really, really, really long time. And so the gratitude comes with a mixture of gratitude and sadness and prayer and gratitude and keep going and keep lifting and keep giving and the ripples are going out and coming back. They're starting to come back in spades for both of us. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, it's hugely exciting. And if, if we can help create the new normal based on joy, Mm -hmm. that to me is the statue of Liberty's ultimate reason for being. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that cool? And I'll tell I'll tell everybody this. I haven't shared this publicly before, but it's because it's personal. But it's so wonderful. So I love the Statue of Liberty, and and I put the statue on the front of my sanctuary book. And I've been inside the Statue of Liberty before. Born in New York, you know, first born to a very patriarchal family, uh, first born girl. And my family is from. They're Jewish from both sides are from Iraq. They escaped to Israel and then moved to the United States. And so I was born in Brooklyn, New York. (laughs) And so I think I was the Statue of Liberty, just like being birthed right out of the tunnel. Like this is, and and so everything was like, I was always trailblazing. And so I wanted to like really um, have a symbol in my life that would remind me of the Statue of Liberty. And so I put it on the cover of my book, but I wanted more. And I found this ring that actually has a piece of the original copper that they had to remove because they had to put steel beams inside of the statue because the copper was starting to to get too old. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, And so they put the copper off to the side, the old copper that came here from France, I want to say 1875, into New York City Harbor on Mm. June 17th. And um, my ring has, uh, has, uh, has, a, uh, it has like radiant, like, l- like uh, radiant lines going out like the sun. And in the middle is the torch of the Statue of Liberty in, mm-hmm. from the copper from the original statue. Yeah. Oh, how gorgeous is that? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I got on. Oh, yes. The joy, the statue. 
because the Statue of Liberty. Shiny object. Shiny object. Shiny object. <laughs> totally, literally, literally. Um, you know, so the shiny, so so the Statue of Liberty has a lot of meaning to me. Mm-hmm. And when we have liberty and we're using it stupidly, mm. it makes me mad. And when we have liberty and we're using it intelligently to increase more joy for more people, beginning with ourselves, right? it makes my heart sing. Aww. So... I think that's about all I got for now, says Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else you'd like to share, Miss Michelle? No, I think I think I'm good. We um this was a great conversation. Yeah, this is nice. This we to- we covered Yep, we covered everything on my notes, so I think we're good. And so it is. So uh we will close on my name is debbie happy cohen in case you've come in in the middle of this podcast and i am joined by the wonderful amazing michelle stone this is episode 46 you can find us at joybaseliving.com if you just click on lioness you'll see all of our blog posts which include all of our podcasts or you can go to the search bar at the very bottom of the website and type in episode 46 and you'll get to see Michelle's beautiful dragonfly painting and any URLs that we mentioned. Um, Oh, Michelle, what's our question for the evening? How about, what are you grateful for? Please share. Yes. What are you grateful for? Um, Do you, wait, 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 because we initially... Do you need a gratitude adjustment? And then you said level up. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about how can you level up maybe into gratitude? Or Ooh. just how could you level up? Say that again. How can you level up into what? Gratitude. How can you level up into gratitude? How can you love? Oh, that is a very bold and daring question. How can you okay. level? How can you level up your gratitude? Okay, there we go. Yeah. Ooh, that's like challenging even me. I'm like, how can I level up my gratitude? <laughs> I like it. Level it up. I love questions. That level up, baby. Anyway. Level up. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, very good. We will see you on the next podcast. Thank you very much. And good night, everyone. Bye. Wait, wait. Did you do your outro? Yeah, I did. And then I forgot that we didn't do the question. Oh, yeah, you did. Never mind. All right. Okay.